Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey, 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 friends. It is Friday and it's a happy hour day. That is right. Today is our first Friday that we're bringing you two happy hour episodes every week. I'm so excited. We loved the series, Your Last Decade. That series lasted a lot longer than we thought and we loved it. But we've made a decision to do two happy hour episodes every single week. I've been a longtime admirer of our guest today. Her creativity and gifted artwork seems to express exactly what I am feeling so often. Probably you have felt the same way. Morgan Harper Nichols is a popular Instagram poet and artist that has created her life's work around the stories of others. Each poem she shares is created in response to the personal stories submitted by her friends and followers. Her work is an organic expression of grace and hope in this world. And so very beautiful. In addition to poetry, she's a gifted musical artist. And we talk a lot about Morgan getting back into the world of music this year. She's the sister of a friend of the happy hour, Jamie Grace. You might have heard that show and loved it. Morgan shares a sweet story of the two sisters growing up together with parents, leading a church, and how actually a lot of what they did as kids has transferred to the work they each do today. Our conversation is relaxing and thoughtful, talking about the meaning of words, and I especially loved it when Morgan shared about her word of the year for 2020. I am going to guess that you're going to giggle a bit and sigh a little, just like we did when talking about it. Y'all have something exciting to tell you. Have you ever seen, you know, celebrities share about their secret babies being born? We didn't even know they were pregnant or they've been making music and they release an album one day. We didn't even know they were doing it. Well, I have some fun news to share next week with you as well. And I want you to be the first to know. So right now, text UBU, UBU to 33777. That's U-B-U, all one word, no spaces, to 33777. And I want you to be the first to know about this new fun thing that we have around the corner. Okay, guys, here's my conversation with my friend Morgan. Hey, Morgan, welcome to the happy hour. Hello, thank you for having me. Glad to be here. This is fun to have you. We've had your sister on the show before, your sister, Jamie Grace. She was episode 203. And here you're 309. So looky there. (laughs) That is cool. (laughs) A few episodes later, we're finally having you on. Now, you and I, we met at If Gathering. Am I like, was it this last one? Because that feels like, or last, last year. It was 2019 because I was pregnant. That's how I know. Okay, that's how you know. Because isn't it funny that I was trying to think if it was this February and I realized that that wasn't that long ago, but it feels like it was a lifetime ago. Yeah. February 2020 feels like ages, ages ago. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Ages Uh, ago. Yeah. What were you doing in February? My birthday was February 4th. 
And I was super excited because my husband got me a Disneyland annual pass for my birthday, which okay. I've wanted for a very, very long time. Uh-huh. And yeah, literally before the passes could come in the mail, Disneyland was shut down. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? It's the thought that counts. It's the thought that it counts. It is so the um, thought that counts. <laughs> I still got my little cute magnet. So I was like, yeah, it happened. We went once. It was the thing. <laughs> This this is every everyone that's listening also has a story of like, okay, in February, this is what I thought March, April, yes. May were gonna look like. And yeah. here we are. Drastically different. Drastically different. Are you someone who does like a word of the year or anything? Yes, I am. I don't, but I, I am so I actually, Morgan, here, let me just give you a little insight into me. I get nervous about words of the years. Tell me what yours was of 2020. Yeah, I'm, I'm entering your camp of getting nervous about <laughs> words of the year because mine was community. It was, oh. I'm such an introvert. And I was like, 2020 is the year that I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. I'm going to go all the places. I'm going to do all the things. <laughs> so yeah, my book came out January and I did two events, one in Nashville and one in Los Angeles. I'm sorry, two in Los Angeles. So three events. And I was just like, that was way out of my comfort zone, but I know that's where I need to be. And yeah, that was kind of it. So yeah, but, but what I'm learning is that You're learning community is like, yeah, it's going to look different than how I expected, even though I was trying to be ambitious. I was like, I was trying to be ambitious. I was trying to go out of my comfort zone. And little did I know that now I'm in a place where I'm able to hone in on my strengths, which is kind of developing community and being there for people with written word and through, you know, the internet. So yeah, it's funny how that all works out, but that's not what I had in mind. It's so interesting (laughs) that none of us had any of that in mind, but you know what? I have a question. This leads me to, you know, I haven't even introduced you. We're just jumping in and I love this and the listeners can't see us, but we're kind of matching today. We are. We're totally matching. This is amazing. Got our stripes Um, on. Okay. So Morgan, you just said that you're an introvert and your word of the year was you were ambitious, like community. I have two questions to follow up to that. The first one is this really early in quarantine. And we're like early March. I heard a lot of people saying like, okay, introverts, this is like your best thing ever. Like, oh, I have to stay home. Darn. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have so many questions. Here we go. Two questions to this. A, did you feel that way in March? And B, what do you feel now in July? I mean, Mm. even though, you know, stay home orders have been lifted and then brought back and we both live in states that are experiencing massive numbers right now of COVID-19. We're recording this, you know, full disclosure, July 8th. Tell me, what did it feel like then early March? And what do you as a self-proclaimed introvert feel like early July? I didn't feel so great right at the beginning because I was on this Mm. sort of high of like, no, that, I turned 30 this year. So that birthday, February 4th, I was turning 30. I'm like, this is the decade. It's my decade. I have a birthday party a decade. Like <laughs> I had a party when I turned 20. I had a party when I turned 30. I invited people, people who didn't know each other. And I was like, we're mingling. I'm doing this. <laughs> You're like, I am making community yeah, happen. Yeah, so yes. for me, I was like, no, I don't want to be at home. But I was like... I was ready to go. I was ready to like be out in the world and invest with people face to face, which is a challenge for me. So yeah, it was, I will say that it was harder for me on the front end of it. It was, it it didn't feel like, 
oh, good, I can just sit at home and stay cooped up with my books. And I enjoy that, of course. Yeah. And then also my son, he turned one in May. Yeah, just, you know, having a baby who's learning how to get into things, you know, that's exhausting. Mm -hmm. So even just something as simple as the fact of like, okay, we used to just like put him in the car and we're just like, okay, we're going to go out and let him go look at things and, you know, use all his energy and then come back home. So yeah, I didn't really resonate with a lot of the memes. Yeah, Yeah, no. And (laughs) I think that's the thing too, is it's very like, it's a broad thing. And and I think even introverts, like it's one thing when you get to choose to stay home and do things. And it's another thing when you're like, oh, I actually can't go anywhere. And so I think it doesn't matter introvert or extrovert. That was difficult for everybody. Yes. How are you feeling in July? You know, my, I'm all about my words. <laughs> I love it. My word for July is settled, which okay. that can be a, a weird word. But for me, it just means like, I do feel like I'm settling into place. And mm-hmm. just like the first half of this year, for many different reasons, was filled with a lot of anxiety, a lot of newness, a lot of change. Because even before all of this happened, my book had just come out and I mean, imposter syndrome was real. Mm, I was just like, yeah. the second I saw this book, I was like, who am I? Like, I wrote the thing, but I'm like, mm-hmm. who am I to write a book? Like, who really, yeah. <laughs> why are you doing this? So, so yeah, the whole first half of this year, turning 30, entering a new decade, you know, personal decade, and then 2020 is this whole decade. There's a lot going on. So when July 1st hit, I was like, you know what? There's a lot going on and I'm okay. You know, mm, that's good. I'm okay. I'm okay. It's, yeah. I'm not going to worry about every single day or hour or what's next and try to plan it all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I actually feel really good right now. I feel, I love I, that. And, I, and it feels like growth. It does feel different than I've felt in the past. So yeah. you said your word for July. Are you someone, I know that you're, you know, creative, artistic and you write really beautiful words. And so I imagine that this is an easy thing for you, but are you someone who really month by month kind of says, what are you showing me this month, God? Is that sound Mm -hmm. like a practice? Okay. Tell me about that practice. Yes. Yes. So ever since I was a kid, I was one of those kids that would just count down the days. Um, I would just remember random dates for no reason. Like I still remember birthdays. I'm a preacher's kid, like birthdays of people we went to church with for like a month. Yeah. Just like, like September 3rd rolls around. I'm like, oh yeah, that's her birthday. <laughs> like, she probably doesn't even remember me. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why dates and things have been important to me, but I do sort of try to like, I think I used to sort of approach it before I really started to own who I was as an artist. I used to kind of approach it as like an anxious thing of like, okay, it's a new month. What does that mean? What am I going to do? Like, let me not waste any time. Mm. But now it's just sort of like, okay, well, how can I turn this into like an art theme? Like even just what I'm painting, what I'm writing. And then when I kind of pull back from it, I'm like, oh wait, that's reflecting of what I'm going through in my own mm. life. So it's not even so much of just sitting there like, okay, what do I feel? What do I think? Because I forget to think about that. <laughs> but I do love making art and I do love making things. So when I look at those things that I make at the beginning of the month, it does kind of tell me something of like, of what God's kind of showing me in my life at that moment. So yeah, it's like even down to like colors, like right mm-hmm. now, the things, the colors that I'm painting with, I've just been using some different colors, but some more subtle colors. Like I went through this phase where I was like, oh my gosh, I need to go as bright as possible. And I was using all these bright colors. And now I'm just like, you know, let me kind of just sit back a little bit with neutral yeah. tones, you know, 
I'm like, why do I avoid those? So, so yeah, it's a lot of overthinking. That's essentially what it is. It's a lot I, of creativeness <laughs> to it as well. Yeah, You're, you've it. got that artist brain. I do. I do. <laughs> I okay. try to use it for good things. <laughs> you do use it for good things. We're going to talk about it. My next question to follow up to this whole conversation, and you alluded to it just for a minute, but I think whatever you answer is going to be encouraging to people is that you started this year community. I am going to invest in people. I'm going to get out of my box. And you did that with your book release parties, three of them. And you were like, let's do this 2020. <laughs> And here we are, and life looks so different for you than it did in February for me, for everybody listening. How have you still kind of like held on to, man, there was something true about that word community that God impressed on your heart, but it looks and feels so different now. Tell me what you're feeling about that now. You know, I don't even think I could have answered this question a week ago with a answer, because I think I'm just now figuring it out. I hesitate to say figuring it out because I haven't figured it out. But I think I had a moment this past weekend where I was like, oh, wait a second. I think that's what that means. And I had, (laughs) there was an issue where someone, which for people who criticize my work, for me, I'm like, okay, whatever. That's fine. Like everybody's got their own thing. It doesn't, it doesn't, sorry. (laughs) It doesn't, honestly, for me, I look at most things. I'm like, you are entitled to, opinion. It really honestly doesn't bug me that much. But this particular person decided to say something incredibly insulting and racist and tag me in it. And I responded. And in a rare moment, I never, (laughs) in times where I have responded, I just kind of keep it between me and that person. But I just happened to be with, uh, and actually she doesn't mind me saying it, my sister, when it happened, She's like, you need to post that. Like, people need to know. (laughs) People need to see how this went down. And I was like, okay. So I did share it. And I was overwhelmed by the positive response, the support that I received from people Mm. saying that was out of line. I'm with you. Like, do you need me to do something about it? And I'm just (laughs) like, no, 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 we're good. We're good. I just wanted people to know where I stand and where my boundaries are. And I have never, and a lot of it is because I don't share a ton of my personal life online. Yeah, I've never had a moment like that where I shared something that was deeply troubling to me and offensive to me and it hurt me and I shared it. And literally every message I opened was supportive. Mm. That was a surprise. Because yeah. um, that's not, you know, the story that you would think a lot of times in social media. It's yeah. like, you know, people behind screens, they can say anything they want. And this one person did, but it really felt like, I was like, oh, this is a community. These aren't followers. Like Mm. I've never met these people in person. I'm like, these are my people. And to know that they have my back in that moment. Cause you know, on Instagram, you can see when someone DMs you, if they've messaged you before. Yeah. Yeah. It comes up. Yeah. Yeah. But there are people who messaged me for the first time. Like I've been following you for years and I just had to let you know. And I was like, wow, there's so much, you know, silent support. There's so many people who maybe they haven't said anything with for me. So yeah, I don't even think I felt the way that that was literally this past weekend. I love that. And you know, social media is such a hard place. And I would imagine it's a hard place for a creative like you who puts so much work and art that you create out for the public to just 
handle however they want. And even if you say like those things don't bother you that much, I know there's probably a little bit of a tension that you walk through with that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about being a creative. And, you know, the funny thing is, is I think being a creative, the spectrum is just so wide. And mm-hmm. I'm married to a songwriter and a worship pastor. And I've always said like, Aaron's the creative one in our family. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, I created a podcast. That has to count for something, right? Yes. But I look at like you and even your sister and you guys are super creative in the way that I would typically say creatives look. So let me just preface it with that. Talk to me a little bit about your creative journey, even over the past 10 years. I know you mentioned you wanted to start doing music more and just what does the journey look like for you personally with creativity? What did it start with? What did it look like? Can you kind of give us a little backstory into your journey there? Yes. So I had the opportunity growing up to have pretty creative parents. Both of my parents are in ministry, they're musicians, and my mom's an artist, and they would do lots of creative things. So I was around it a lot. However, it was really interesting because even though I was around a lot of like, like my mom always had like paint cans around, like instruments around, like, oh yeah, make things, do things. Like that was just a part of our lives. However, at the same time, it felt like when I left that front door, it was like, okay, now it's time to Uh put that aside. I didn't really feel like I had the freedom to express myself creatively in public. It felt like something that you do at home and maybe at church, but only in this certain way, because other then people would think it's weird. Uh Like I remember, (laughs) I remember times like, so my sister and I, we used to run like the whole PA system for the church growing up. It was, I say PA system loosely. I mean, this is back in the nineties. It's like, two Windows 95 computers. Exactly. And I was in charge of the PowerPoint and my sister was in charge of all the music and we used okay. to sit facing each other. And seriously, I that's one of my favorite memories. Like our church was in like a double wide trailer and it was just us like in wall. And I would do all the graph, which is so funny because it's not terribly different than what she and I are exactly doing Exactly doing right now. <laughs> she was in charge of the soundboard and she would have everything going. And then for me, I'm like picking the graphics and putting the scriptures on there and the songs. And we just had ourselves a good old time. And, I love it. And people would like, they would love it. Like, oh, you guys are so great. The pastor's daughter, you guys mm-hmm. are involved. But then we decided to start playing instruments. And I remember people literally like rolling their eyes like, oh, here they go. Now they got to learn instruments. Because we weren't great, obviously. Yeah. I mean, we you were kids. <laughs> and I don't think those people meant any harm. But for me, I did receive the message of like, okay, people can only take so much of you. Mm. So I'm like, yeah, you can be creative. You can serve in church. You can do this. But there's a line, you know, mm. yeah. there's, you can share your voice, but only so much. So I kind of got that message early on just from that environment. And then just because I, I was homeschooled, so I wasn't around like a ton of kids every day, but even just like we would go to different youth events. And I mean, just put it clearly, a lot of the kids we were around had more money than us. Mm-hmm. So when they were playing instruments, you know, they had like amps and things. Yeah. And we were just like, I thought I was doing something. Like, <laughs> right. You know, my strengths were like, oh, when's the last time you changed your guitar strings? I was like, oh, you changed those? Oh, you're (laughs) right, right. I didn't know. So (laughs) it was very much so like, I didn't feel like I really belonged in a lot of creative settings. And honestly, for me, the saving grace was the internet. And my sister Mm -hmm. says this too. It's like, 
thankfully we had an internet connection and we were able to upload our weird stuff that we were yeah. experimenting with and trying onto YouTube and peer volume and MySpace. Uh-huh. And, you know, we did have lots of followers, but it was enough to be like, oh, somebody out there thought this was cool. Somebody yeah. connected with it. So that became like a threat for me, honestly. And it's still a huge part of what I do for that reason. I've, in a weird way, I've always kind of felt at home on the internet because it was just sort of like, there's at least one person out there, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so yeah, my creative journey is really linked to the internet in a lot of ways because I've done a lot of blogging, I've done some photography and everything that's sort of like, sort of sparked something like, oh, this is something I should try. It came from a response on the internet. It Mm. came from someone saying, hey, this is really cool. I like that you're sharing this. Thank you for sharing this. And that gave me encouragement to just keep going and keep trying things. And sort of the biggest moment like that was in uh, 2016 when I was actually living in Dallas. And of my many different creative things that I was trying to do, I ended up writing this poem that was just really an expression of feeling like a failure. It was kind of a quarter life crisis Mm -hmm. moment and things in music hadn't really worked out the way I wanted them to. And I was just sort of in a space where I was like, okay, I'm really exhausted and I'm also broke. And those two things don't really Mm. go well together. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I can just keep this up forever. I don't know what this means. I don't know what tomorrow holds. And I just sort of wrote this poem that was essentially a lament. And it was in November 2016. And it was that following January that I ended up finding out that it had been repinned over 100,000 times on Pinterest. And that's that's what woke me up. (laughs) Mm. You know, it's like if I, who knows what would happen if I had shared that and, you know, if I just be it honest, like if I had just read that at church, like, Hey guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a poem for uh-huh. you. <laughs> would you just stopped right it's there? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I would have been like, okay, maybe not. But one thing for me that the internet has revealed, is just like, there are lots of different spaces mm. for different things. And I think that a lot of times creatives, you know, we can kind of get locked on like one setting you know, it's like, oh, what? my art didn't work over here. My voice wasn't heard over here. Well, maybe that's true for everywhere. And that is just not true. Mm. That's not true. There are so many spaces. So for me, I feel like I've kind of loaded around in a lot of different spaces creatively. Like I said, I've tried photography, music, all the things. And where I'm at right now, I feel like it was a moment of like, and I can also carve out my own space. I can also just do what I want to do. And I remember when I started sharing art with words on it, I was like listening to podcasts about like how to grow your Instagram. And I kept hearing like, whatever you do, don't share photos with a bunch of text on it. (laughs) And I was like, I'm doing the exact opposite. Yeah. And I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. 
If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Imagine bold, naturally-aged Tillamook cheddar slices melting over a burger eating thick-cut cheddar shreds straight from the bag. <sighs> it's nice to dream about cheese for a bit. Tillamook Cheddar, extraordinary dairy. I love it. You are still on the journey, and we all are, right? One of the things I've seen you kind of talk about that you mentioned to me before one time is about using your art for a purpose. Mm-hmm. And I can see how you, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth at all, but if I don't know if you've evolved into seeing that or if you've always felt that way. And so can you talk to me about what does it look like for you to view your art through the lens of I mean, and let's be honest, all art has a purpose. Like that Mm -hmm. would be a very naive statement for me to say. But when you encourage women and you look at people and say, your art can be for a purpose, what does that mean to you? I do think that it was always sort of a part of my, even if it was in my subconscious, I do think that it was always a part of me that if you make things and share it, like to use that as a service. And I think that was just a lot of my environment, just being a minister's kid and seeing my parents use what they had to help others. It was sort of like, okay, yeah. So if I make things, I should share them with others. But there was a sort of tension of like, 
kind of like I was sharing of just like when I started playing guitar and it wasn't very good, it was like, okay, yeah, but you do have to like be good though, I guess. Like yeah. you, can't mm-hmm. just, you can't just share anything with anyone. And it took me a long time though to see what I was making, which just felt so natural. It felt like I've always felt like I had to make but it took a very long time. It wasn't until the past few years that I started to be able to see what I was making as a gift to mm-hmm. others. Because what I love about gifts is that it's not necessarily about the talent or the perfection of it. You know, it's not about, it's, it's about the heart of the person that gave it to you, wanting to share their heart with you. You know, if somebody makes you a cake that you don't like or you can't eat for whatever reason, you're not going to be like, oh, it's a terrible cake. Like, thumbs down. It's it's like, oh, no, even if I don't eat it, the fact that this person took the time to make it for me, like, that's something that matters. Mm -hmm. So I started to see my work that way around 2017. It was right after that poem got shared a lot of times because I looked at that poem and I was like, I don't really feel like that's my best work. Mm. (laughs) I was like, that's not what, if someone said, okay, make something that a hundred thousand people are going to see. That is not what I would have made. That's That's not how you go into it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. At that stage, I actually probably would have tried to make a song. I would have tried something different because I'm like, oh, that's what my skill set is. Like, I'm not a poet. I don't have any credibility in my area. That's not what I would share. But what that experience taught me was the messages that I started to get from people, it remind they were saying things like, this, re- this poem reminds me of my purpose. Mm. This poem reminds me of my journey. And in my mind, I'm just like, how can my little lame poem, crappy poem, that's how I was seeing it. Yeah. How could it do that for someone? And I'm like, it's not because the poem is great. It's because there's heart in it. And mm. it's like, yes, there's going to be people that read this poem and say, this doesn't connect with me. This doesn't do it for me. And there have been those people, but there's also going to be people that say, yep, that was exactly what I needed right now. Yeah. And for me, it just really hit home when I saw a lot of those people responding were 15, 16, 17 years old. Mm. They were younger than me by 10 years. And they were saying, thank you. I needed that. And that was humbling because it was like, who am I to? Yeah take that from them. I'm like, how many artists have I looked up to? How many songs on albums that the song wasn't a single, they weren't some famous artist. And I sat there and listened to that song over and over and over again. It's like that artist may listen to that song and say, Hey, that's not my best work. That is not, but their heart was in it. Mm. And I picked up on it. And that's what connected us. That's what reminded me of my own purpose. So yeah, I have like a I still deal with that a lot. There's still (laughs) things that I make and I look at and I'm like, "Mm, I don't know, it could have been better. But then if if someone responds and they're like, it's what I needed, I just Mm. have to practice surrendering that and just say, okay, like maybe that's who it was for. Maybe that was what it was for. And I just have to kind of let that be. Oh, that's so good. That's a good word for creatives is that, you know, everything a creative puts out, you'd be like, I want this to be my absolute best. And that's great. Mm -hmm. We should have that desire to make great art and great whatever you're making. But then there is that reminder that there are things that are going to resonate with people so much. I mean, I'm thinking about a song off like a Sarah Groves album from 2001. 
You know, I love Sarah Groves and that song (laughs) can come on in my little ears when I'm on a walk and it can just, it can do something to me. And I don't even know if it's one of her most well-known songs. You know what I mean? It's just like, that is a thing for me. Yeah. It's really good to remember that as a creative. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like everybody has that one song, at least one song Uh like that. Like yeah. when you said, even when you said, like, I listened to a little bit of Sarah Gross, when you said 2001, like, there was like a whole discography <laughs> that came in my mind of like, oh, these songs. I was yeah. like, these songs didn't win Grammys. Like, most people wouldn't know these songs, but yeah. they meant something for me. And I, yeah. I still feel them in my bones. Like, <sighs> they're still a part of me. I love that. <laughs> okay. So, speaking of songs, I know you told me that you're wanting to get back into music. Yeah. What does that look like for you? Like, what does it look like for you to get back into the music industry? Because that can feel scary, I think. Oh, my goodness. From the little bitty I know of the music industry. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, well, you know, everyone else can't see us, but you can see there's literally a keyboard right behind me. Uh And for me, honestly, I have stayed away from music or have stayed in the margins of music for a long time for many reasons, but I think a lot of it is fear Mm. and then honestly hurt I've been hurt by some people in the music industry and for me that was enough to just kind of keep me in the background and just say you know I'll let someone else have that however I have a child now my son he's 13 months now so I guess it's not when I mean he's my first like so 12 months. It feels weird to say 13 months. You know, like, in your first one, you'll do that for a while. And then your fourth yeah, one, I'm you're like, like, I don't know how old they are. I don't know. Somewhere between three yeah. and four is what you'll do. So just be prepared. Yeah, but is it, is, do I just say one? You oh, could yeah. just so say anyway. one. And then you yeah, would okay. say like 18 months. Okay, gotcha. All right. That so, would be a clear like one and a half. You. Yeah, there you Thank go. Thank you. Or you could do whatever you want, Morgan, because yeah. he's your son. Yeah. <laughs> and you're good. his mom. Yeah. Sounds good. So yes, he's one. And like many babies, like, he notices music. He's drawn to it. He's curious about it. And for me, it's honestly, it's just so practical. It's just like, I've got to give it to him. Mm. I was like, I can't just not share that with him. Like music has been, I mean, it still connects my family. Like in terms of my, my family, mom, dad, and my sister, it connects all four of us. Yeah. I'm like, we all make music. We're all like, that connects us forever. Even mm-hmm. though of all the things that can happen, like we always have that. And I'm like, I have to give, I'm like, I literally have to give that to him. So it comes back to that a lot for me. It's just like, you know, I want him to be better than me. Like I want him to, <laughs> I want him to take whatever I have and make a better version of it. Yeah. Like do that. So for me, it's like, even if it's just a hobby for him later, or if it's just something that he has, like, I want him to know that he has that. That's a part of who he is. That's a part of his legacy. Um, that's the first part of it. And then the second part of it is honestly has been cranked up even more over the past month of just everything that has just been going on in the country, just starting with George Floyd, but obviously it started way before right, that. Right, right. But for me, I literally had a moment right after I saw that video, which I wish I hadn't. I was just passively scrolling through Instagram mm-hmm. story and someone just posted it. And I'm yeah. like, please, like that is triggering for a lot of people. When, yeah, And it just gutted me because I'm like, I see my actual family members in him. Like mm-hmm. I see that is real. And, you know, it's nothing but grace that when I saw that, I started to feel songs come up with mm. my sorrow. And it was like the sorrow that I had, there were also songs with that. And they were intertwined. 
And I just started to think about the legacy of Black people in America and the suffering and song. They go hand in hand. And I just kind of had an humbling moment where it was like, you know what? God has given me the ability to be able to sing, to be able to belt out tunes, to be able to make music, hear music. I'm not professionally taught, but I can just pick it up. I'm like, I've got to do something with that. Even if it's just nothing but to honor the tradition Mm. and to show that it matters to me and it's a part of who I am. So I did something I never thought I would do. Like a month ago, right at the beginning of June, I just turned on my camera. I like brushed my hair, but I barely looked at myself (laughs) beyond that. And I just sang. And I never do that. I (laughs) haven't done that in years. I've been terrified to do that because I'm like, oh, it's not the best. Like the audio is not even good. Mm -hmm. How can I even get the guitar in the Mm -hmm. shot? And how can I, oh, I never felt, but I was like, no, this is it. And then I want to say a week or two later, I'm trying to remember exactly where it was. And you put that up on Instagram. On my Instagram, Mm -hmm. yeah, on my Instagram feed. And I've never done anything like that. And um, at some point later, I got an article sent to me that someone had included that song, which is not a release song. It's not on iTunes. It's literally on my Instagram and I put it on YouTube. Someone wrote an article about music of protest and hope. Mm. And they included that song. And they were specifically talking about the tradition of Black people and how music is integrated to the whole experience that we're talking about in these times and that just it gutted me because I was just like I was like oh that's what I'm doing like that's what this is a part of it's like yes it's nice to have a record executive or a movie that wants to use your song Mm -hmm. those are wonderful things but my ancestors who couldn't even read who couldn't even who did not have freedom were out there and feel singing Mm -hmm. That was them connecting to who they were, to one another, to God. And I want to sing from that tradition. Mm. It's been a, it's, it's a new thing. And I, and I feel, it's still scary because I'm, yeah. I'm still turned into a perfectionist every time I sit down and <laughs> write a song. But it's something that I'm happy to work. Mm. It's almost like, I can't help but think from the beginning of our conversation, when you were talking about your word of the year for community, and it's almost as if there's these opportunities that you're having to actually build community. For like people to actually, like even how you were talking about, you know, the traditions of black people who couldn't read, who couldn't write, but they would create these songs, some out of sorrow, some out of joy, out of desperation. Mm-hmm. And music brings people together. I mean, we know that. You said it's brought yes. your family together. I'm married to a musician. It does. Like music does something for people. And so I don't find it odd or off that in this year of 2020, which we'll look back on and go, what in the actual (laughs) HE double hockey sticks was going on? But so many good things are happening. I mean, it's hard and there are so many hard things, but I am, I I don't know. You can tell me your opinion. I'm like, man, I think that things are changing. I mean, I really do. I was telling some friends the other night, all that, before I tell you what I was telling friends, all that to say, I, I hear you talking and you're saying community and you're talking about this song. And I'm like, man you're going to start seeing community because music brings people together. Mm. I was talking with some friends just last night and I was on a walk just recently. Do you listen to The Daily? I have, yes. Okay. It's so funny. I feel like I used to when I was driving more places. I know, gosh. I <laughs> I listen to podcasts yes. mostly on walks or in my car stop. Mm-hmm. I listen to The Daily almost every day. And it doesn't matter what they were talking about, but it was about a lot of the tension that's been going on in our country around racial injustice. And I was on a walk 
And I literally almost said out loud, I actually see hope is what I was thinking. And I was thinking, I wonder if not my generation, I'm 40, not my kids, not my grandkids, but like their kids. I'm like, I wonder if like four generations later, will they look back and go, 2020 was pretty hard, but 2020 started a lot of change. Mm. And I don't know. I'm just interested. What do you think about? I mean, I'm hopeful in that way. You know, I think there are miles of progress left to go. But I mean, I was even talking with today, we recorded the Relevant Podcast and we were talking about Colin Kaepernick and that was 2016 and that was four years ago. And no Mm. one, not no one, but it didn't get the reaction that it deserved. We can Mm. all say that, I think. And then look at the difference in four years. And so Oh, yeah. I feel hopeful a little bit. I would love to hear your thoughts. I completely agree with that. I feel like there's a lot of, um, I feel like I talk about this all the time, but like sort of my, (laughs) sort of my, uh, so I have like my word of the year and then I have like the word that I just get obsessed with and I'm just like, why am I so obsessed with this word? What does Uh this mean? But apocalypse. um, (laughs) It's like, where is this coming from, (laughs) Morgan? Where are we going here? I know, I know. I learned that the word apocalypse like actually means, in the Greek it means uncovering. Mm. And when I learned that a few months ago, I was like, oh, that's what's happening. Like things are getting uncovered and it is messy, it is terrifying, it is exhausting. And at the same time, when things are out in the open, it's say, okay, well, where are we going to go from here? Yeah. And to me, that is hope. Yeah. That is hope. Hope is where are we going to go from here? It's like, Good. yes, this absolutely sucks. Yeah. I am losing sleep. I am tired. I am exhausted. Yeah. I went through like, I think a week and a half where I turned off the notifications on my texting app because I had people who were texting me and they were checking on me, but I'm like, God, this, that is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Even that question makes me think of mm-hmm. all of these things. I'm like, I'm just trying to like get some water in a sippy cup for my son right now. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the bathroom. Yeah. So yeah, it's like, it sucks. And at the same time, it's like, where are we going to go from here? And the sorrow that I have felt and the, the suffering that I have, that I just empathetically look at others and I see the anger, the righteous anger. It's like at the same time, there are so many people out here together, people who normally wouldn't cross paths, people mm-hmm. supporting one another who normally, if we were all as busy as we were before, maybe we wouldn't even have that opportunity to be able to sit and listen yeah. and connect. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm 100% on that same page. And I've been trying to make a habit lately of like, taking screenshots of positive headlines that I see. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's a part of my own little personal art collection, but I'll just like put them on the little background and I'll just save them on my phone because I'm like, you know what? Maybe someday I'll scroll back through and, because I'm like, yeah, if you if you go back and read the Wikipedia page for 2020, <laughs> you're not going to see those positive yeah, headlines. I mean, right. maybe a few of them, but uh, it's going to be overshadowed by a lot of the other things. So I'm like, I want to remember the good things. I was like, because it, it's not those headlines by themselves, but it's mm-hmm. it's this thread. It's this yeah. thread that's still there. So yeah, I feel like as an artist, you have an opportunity to just sort of contribute to that thread and. I think for me, when I saw my my song on that list of songs of protest mm-hmm. and hope, there were some real serious artists on that list. And I was like, whoa, 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 how the heck did I end up on this article? Someone made a mistake. 
But at the same time, it's like, no, that too is a part of the thread. I was yeah. like, there's some threads that are bigger than others. There's some threads that hold more weight than others, but thread is still there. So yeah, yeah uh, I believe that. Okay, well, I am 100%, as soon as we're done recording, heading over to YouTube. Oh, <laughs> to get a glimpse into this song and we'll put it in the show notes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, and I can't wait to see what else God births in you over the next couple of months, even. And, you know, what that looks like for you in your creative journey into music. I'm so excited. I really am. Well, thank you. That that means so much to hear. It really does. It's really so, <laughs> so, so excited. Okay. I have a, a question for you as well. What, do, and this is a question I've been thinking about a lot like right now as well. What does normal look like for you right now? Because normal's different, but what does normal look like for you every day right now? Yes. I'm trying to think of the last day that I was I was like, this feels normal. I think I felt that way. I want to say it was Monday. For me, normal feels like being able to go outside, yeah. even if it's just to literally just stand there. Especially my son, like he just likes to just go outside and just stare at the bush, like stare at a a bird. Like I'm like, oh, it's it's so simple. That feels normal. Cooking at home feels normal. Like even just eating meals at home, even though because we love restaurants, I love going out, and we're not doing that right now like we used to. Yeah, but we've had some good meals at home, and that feels normal. So yeah, a lot of it for me, it comes down to basic needs being met. Food, fresh air, water. (laughs) Yeah, that feels normal. And then I think, oh, yeah. Okay, so the other night, me and my husband have a date night. Well, we haven't done that in a long time. And we literally just got some food and watched a movie while my son was at my parents. And that felt normal. Yeah. I think that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. I know. (laughs) Normal is like such a relative term. I mean, because everything feels so unnormal in some ways, but then we're having, you know, here we are, you know, three, four months in, we're having to adjust and go, okay, well, we have new normals. Like this is just different and it doesn't mean bad. It just means new. And that's hard for a lot of people. Have you found it's been difficult? I mean, you're a business owner. I mean, 2020 has been so hard for so many people, but what has that been like for you know, being the creator and owner and runner yeah. and everything of a business. Well, we had to cancel all of our events for the year. Uh, we were planning on, I think, I literally just was looking at the calendar. I think we were planning on being in Austin this weekend. Oh, I would have um, loved for you to be in Austin this weekend. <laughs> we had so many mm. plans that were center. Again, community. I applied it to the business too. I was yeah. like, we're doing this. Let's go, let's go, let's go. So that was really, really tough in the beginning. You know, lost deposits, lost money doing that. That that really sucked. Yeah. And at the same time, we have been focusing on the online portion of our business, which we sell art prints and stickers, which at first, just to be totally real, that felt really weird at first. I was like, I don't want to sell anything to anyone right now. Like, this feels terrible. Yeah. And I started to read some of the comments and people were saying like, it's my best friend's birthday and we're not having a party and I got to send her some stickers. Like our stickers are like $3, I think. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. There is space for things like this. Obviously it's changed, but it's, yeah, it's been a mixture, but overall it has, it has been good for us in the sense of like, we still have been able to keep our team on and we're all remote, but it's still, yeah, it's, it's working out. Yeah. I love that. I love that. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. 
when the truth is... I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say... Hang it in there. Because... If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Okay, we are going to link to everything we talked about in the show notes. I'm going to put your song up. I want to know the article where they mentioned you. We're going to put up a link to your book that came out this last year that everyone needs to get their hands on. But I want you to tell us, we always finish, what are you loving? What are you reading? Give me some insight into what what you're loving and reading. So there's this book by a Hebrew scholar named Renita Weems. She is amazing. It's called Listening for God. And that book, I reference it all the time. Like okay. I, I just finish it and I'm like, okay, I got to read it again. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's my, it's my favorite book right now. She just is very, I think it's very fascinating to hear a scholar talk about just sort of like, she shares journal entries about like her struggles and her doubts and questions that she has. It's like, so that mixture is just, yeah, that was just what I needed. It's yeah. perfect. And she talks about being a wife and being a mother and yeah, it's a favorite right now. And then- on the complete opposite end of that, like, I've really been into the show, The Floor is Lava. I think my kids are watching this. It's so silly. <laughs> but I've, I've actually heard it's so good, though. <laughs> like, what? How, how do you fall into the lava? Yeah, you just have to, it's like warm lava, quote unquote, which is yeah. actually just like warm. But you color. don't want to fall into it, right? That's yeah, you don't want to fall. Okay. It's however many team members you can get to the end without people falling in the lava. It, okay. It's apparently really difficult, so... We still got some episodes left. It's yeah. That's what Would I you like ever that. go on a show like that? Oh no. I am the most uncoordinated. <laughs> I seriously, when I walked down the stairs, I was like, let me look at my feet and make sure I don't humble all the way down. So yeah. I used to always think I would go on the greatest race, the biggest race. Oh, the, uh, amazing race. Amazing race. Oh yeah. Yeah. Amazing race. But then I, Aaron yeah. and my husband, Aaron and I would be like, I don't think we'd go together. I think we'd fight. Oh, like I'd be like, no, I know what to do. And then yeah. we would just fight on TV in front of everybody. Yeah. Well, fun fact, I actually have, I completely forget about this sometimes. My sister and I did compete on a reality show yes, called Relative Race. Yeah. And we were terrible. Like we were really good at the, like, they had some like where you could solve puzzles that were that didn't involve physical activity, and we would like score. You're like we're doing else. this. Literally, my my shining moment in the whole show is I knew how to. You had to look for a needle in some in, in yarn, and, okay. a, and I knew how to get the spool of yarn open really fast because. Yeah, I used to knit in high school. There you go. <laughs> but I don't know how to throw a football. It was awful. You never knew that knitting was going to come in such handy. Yeah, it was wonderful. But then we had to, they wanted us to kick a football. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. I, how do you kick? I don't know how to kick a soccer ball, but how do you kick a football? Yeah. So Now, wasn't yeah. this reality show something about 
finding, finding your, your family. Yes. yes. So they found like, it was so cool. It was linked with ancestry.com. That's what, okay. That's what I thought. And they, linked, they found family members that we've never met before. Cause we don't know a lot about our ancestry. So they found like family members and we learned all this cool stuff about our family. And yeah, it was a blast. And they just make you literally jump through hoops to meet your family. <laughs> And they they, they got to have something for the watchers. We got to be into oh, it. We were, yeah, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying it because we're terrible. We're fun to watch. Like, <laughs> you feel good about yourself. Like, you made good TV. So we do. We do. We're very awful. <laughs> that is the best. Um, Morgan, it's been an absolute joy to chat with you today. Thank you for talking about creativity and art and all of your phenomenal words. And I need to know, have you used the word apocalypse in a poem yet? I haven't. <laughs> I'm going to need this to happen like, soon. I feel like it's coming. It's I coming. Every, all of my friends and family know. It's like, you know, I, like, when they, they're like, here, here she goes again, talking about the apocalypse. <sighs> so yeah, it's, it's I cannot wait to see that poem. Okay. <laughs> Make sure that you send it to me so I don't miss it anywhere yeah. it might be. Uh, uh, Morgan, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Friends, be sure and check out the show notes for a link to check out the song Morgan shared with us and that great article as well. Don't forget, text UBU to 33777 so you're the first to hear about my big news next week. Today's show was edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Quinn Pearson. The whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Friends, enjoy your week. Share the show with a friend. Have a happy hour, virtual, in person, safe distance, with a mask on, whatever you need to do. Have that with a friend this week. I'll see you guys back here next Wednesday for a conversation with Sam Collier. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.